0: Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network,
1: your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Thursday, January 6th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that is a little worried about tonight's game. Not going to (laughs) lie.
0: I wonder why.
1: Thanks for making us your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all of the Flyers news, our episodes, other good stuff. You can also email us at lockdownflyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. You can find Russ Cohen on Twitter at Sportsology. On today's show, we're going to get caught up with the latest or the latest as of yesterday on the Flyers COVID protocol list. Uh, a little nerve wracking there. We'll get into tonight's matchup against the Penguins and then do our prospect profile on Bryce Presinski. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe and you'll get all of our episodes here on the Lockdown Sports Network. All right, Russ, yesterday was kind of a gut punch, not gonna lie. Uh-huh. And uh so we found out in the early evening that the Travi, uh Travis Sandheim and Travis Konechny were placed on the Flyers COVID list. And you know, you had to feel like more were coming just because, you know, the team, yeah. it seems like it had been spreading through the team over the last couple of days, and it's only natural, I guess, at this point. So right now, the current list of Flyers who are out um, of the main roster guys, so we have Travis Connectney, Travis Sanheim, Claude Giroux, Nick Seeler, and then Jackson Cates, plus our injured players, Sean Couturier, and the guys we usually forget about, Ryan Ellis and Nate Thompson.
0: And I guess Derek Broussard's on the injured part, not the COVID part now?
1: Correct. So we just don't know if he is available and ready to come back yet as of recording. Um, we had heard that he was off the list, but he did not travel to Anaheim for the game against the Ducks because they wanted to see him at practice and see if he was good to go from an injury standpoint. That's right. So, yeah, that's that's a lot of, of guys out. And I know um, Carter Hart was really frustrated post-game, uh, after the Ducks game. You know, he was saying that, you know, guys are testing positive with no symptoms or mild symptoms. The league's got to find a way to change that. We're going to either going to keep playing shorthanded all season long or games are going to keep getting postponed. I think it's a joke. It's got to change. And that caused a bit of a stir, I would say, not just amongst, you know, Flyers fans and media. But, you know, that quote kind of went around the league. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, I would expect it to. I mean, he's an honest guy, and I'm not going to tell him his feelings are wrong. Um, the only thing I could say is, is there really a better way? I mean, I'll rip the league if they're doing something wrong. You know that. But I really don't know of a better way right now. And if you do start to let all these players play um, that are asymptomatic, well, the next thing that's coming through is that flu coronavirus. Did you see that? where it's a combination of flu and coronavirus. So what if all of a sudden, you know, that starts spreading while somebody spreads that asymptomatically and we don't know about it because it's the next thing coming. Like that's what I think is the hardest thing to to grasp for anybody and for me too, is a lot of this is precautionary for what else might happen. Not the immediate where that guy is completely fine and yes, he could go and lift weights and run two miles. That's not the way it is for everybody. It's not the way it is for real people. And it's not the way for people in the hospitals. And it may not be that way for staff members either. And so that's where I think I get the frustration, but it's bigger than that.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. And I think the other thing, too, is, you know, you have to think about all of these people's family members as well. And that, you know, if you're just allowing this to spread on the team without trying some sort of mitigation effort and some sort of isolation, you know, you're putting those family members at risk who didn't ask for this and didn't sign up for it, you know? True. I get it, Carter. It is frustrating. This whole thing is frustrating. And I'm upset that athletes are being asked to put themselves at risk as part of their jobs. I mean, I know they're agreeing to it and they signed off on it through the Players Association, but it's still nerve-wracking to watch it happen, even from the outside.
0: I mean, look, athletes are always brave and they always say we got into it, you know, because we love the sport and, and they'll always say the right thing. But we do see a lot of times down the road, like with things like CTE and otherwise, there are regrets. And so this would be one of those things where, You know, in 10 years, you find out, hey, guess what? And it was more severe than you thought. Then there are going to be regrets, right? Mm. So this would cut out a lot of the regrets. It just causes the, you know, the extra surus, I will say. Look it up in Google if you want. I know what that
1: means. I know you know, but (laughs) not all the listeners
0: do, Uh, you know, otherwise.
1: I would say consternation is the best word in uh, English to go with that Yiddish. (laughs) All right. So with all the guys out for the Flyers, uh, that kind of throws a wrench in what the lineup will look like tonight against Pittsburgh. And, you know, we've been talking for a little while now about like why has Connor Bunneman not gotten the call up and that maybe it's time to also call up Adam Clendenning on the defensive side. Uh, yeah, But Zamula is also available. So w- what yeah. is your prediction? And I'm sure by the time this episode goes out, we might know more information. But uh, what is your, your prediction about who gets the call up and maybe who goes to Taxi Squad?
0: I'm going to think that Bunneman will get the call up. I think it makes the most sense, uh, especially if all of a sudden last minute, if they get Broussard back, maybe you could bump Mayhew out and you're better off having Bunneman there. So I'm going to go with Bunneman and I'm going to go for the taxi squad. Uh, I don't think they'll do Zamula because I really think they want to keep him playing and playing in all facets. So I'm going to, I'm going to go uh, Maxime Shushko because I want Sandine, which means they won't do it. So I'm going to go <laughs> Shushko for the yeah. taxi squad.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, on, on the D side... You know, we have to call up somebody, right? Cause we need yeah, it'll be Clendenning.
0: It should be. It should be Clendenning. I shouldn't say, well, at this point, I think it will be Clendenning. I mean, mm. I think it does make most sense, and I wouldn't mind seeing it. Yeah, But again, he'll just be on the taxi squad. Who knows if he'll ever even play.
1: Yeah, I mean, they will need somebody, though, to slot in in the lineup. So to me, that's Clendenning. It, uh, it should be. But who knows, maybe they'll, they'll throw a bone to Igor Zamula. I just don't think they would want to do that against Pittsburgh. And we're going to talk about Pittsburgh in the next segment. Um, but, you know, they're pretty healthy overall right now. So to throw York and Zamula in the lineup against that team, I think, would be a disservice to both of them.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. It should be one or the other. You know, now that I'm thinking about it more, it really should be Clendenning. Because he, he is an NHL guy. He's got the experience. And, you know, as far as the pairings, I mean, clearly you're going to keep Yandel uh, on the third pairing. I think Connaughton can move up, though. Mm-hmm. I think maybe uh, I would move Connaughton up to the, uh, to the first pairing. and Because he is a good puck mover. And this way I could put York... On the second pairing, still with Braun, and then I'll go with Yandel and Clendenning on the third pairing, because I'm not going to play them as much anyhow. But at least then, if York's going to be the power play guy, that's fine. He could do second pairing and power play, but Connaughton could do some of the heavy lifting with Ristolainen as far as trying to cover the the Pittsburgh guys. And I think they'd be okay, because both of them are pretty mobile.
1: I think that's the best bet as well. Uh, We'll see when they roll the dice on that. You know, there's a Phantoms game happening sort of as we're recording this. So we'll see, you know, if who played in that game will affect any of their decisions as well. But we're going to talk about the other side of the coin for tonight's game coming up next. Once again, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. It's got nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts. Hey, that's us. Listen to Locked On Now on your favorite podcasting platform, or you can watch it over on YouTube. Real quick before we get into the Pens discussion, we got a schedule update that I was a little surprised by, but I guess it makes sense now I think about it, but they decided to reschedule a Flyers-Islanders game that got postponed in November on January 18th, um, which then bumps the game that was originally scheduled on that date versus Detroit, and that will be TBD. So that creates a very fun little home-and-home home on the 17th and 18th with the Islanders.
0: That's good. I think uh, fans will like that. I think uh, Islander fans... Might not like it because again they need every win they can get, and they probably it, it was that going to be back to back for them either way or no
1: uh, See, I, I don't, know. don't know on their side of things it was because yeah, that's flyers. the last
0: thing they need you know the 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 islanders need as few splits as possible, but for the flyers, this could be a good thing,
1: yeah, I think so too uh tonight's game is one of those ESPN Plus exclusives. So not on the local broadcast, uh, which is, I think, unfortunate for some people. But we do get a change of pace for the broadcast team. Uh, John Bucci is assigned to it along with Ray Ferraro. And then we'll have Emily Kaplan uh, between the benches, which is always fun. And then Linda Cohn and Mark Messier in studio. So change of pace. Uh, mm-hmm. You can take it you know this team whether you like it or not but uh it it will be a good change of pace I think
0: and for the most part yeah I haven't been impressed with Messier in studio but I like Linda Cohn I know Emily Kaplan Ferraro is great Muchgrass is really good so for the most part I think it's really good
1: yeah yeah I, I love uh Emily and Linda especially so we get to see them Switching over to what the Pens have been up to recently. Oh, look, they won eight in a row. (laughs) And Mm. they are Mm. definitely making a case to be strong contenders in the Metro division. They're currently sitting in the fourth place position. Uh, I will note that we're recording uh, right before their game last night against St. Louis. So we don't know the result of that game as of now but uh before that their previous game they won against the san jose sharks which the flyers just lost to in overtime recently but that game featured an extraordinary feat of two hat tricks from evan rodriguez and brian rust
0: eight goals in that game were all from uh, ncaa players uh here's something a little background so I went to, and I, I go every year to the fall, USHL Fall Classic, and it's in Pittsburgh. In that same complex, the Lemieux, Mario Lemieux complex there, the Penguins practice. So while there's a game every hour going on, and sometimes two at a time, for the USHL, in between there, the Penguins have practice. And so this was like the start of their training camp. And so like, while, while I was eating lunch, while I was doing this, I was watching them. And so when it came time to like prognosticate on the season, I was like, you know what? I think they're making the playoffs. And everybody's like, why they don't have anybody. Why would you think that? And I'm like, cause I'm watching every practice and I've never seen a team skate so fast and work so hard as they are. They're going to outwork everybody. That is their, that is their end game here is to get to the point where they can outwork everybody while Crosby and Malkin are out, hold on for that and get better when they start getting, you know, draw back in and, and, A lot of that has paid off. And so that's something where I'm not shocked that they're doing well.
1: Yeah, they are doing really well. Of course, uh, Crosby is back in um, and has been for a little while, but Malkin is still out, uh, likely won't be in against the Flyers. He may join the team on their subsequent uh, road trip that they're doing. Jason Zucker is out still, but you know they do have a a really strong lineup despite everything that's gone on with them they have a much smaller covid list than the flyers right now i think it's only drew o'connor on at the, the list. moment but they did have a
0: long one Not that long
1: ago. They did. Uh, Jeff Carter recently came off their list, but he was not in the lineup last night against the Blues because unlike, I think, the other guys that were more recently on the list for them, he was symptomatic. And so he was Mm -hmm. still recovering um, from the illness. So it's TBD on if he will play tonight against the Flyers. So, I mean, in some ways, it would be nice to see him. In other ways, I just hope he's feeling better. And um, he takes the time he needs to recover. Yeah, I get that. So I think the biggest question, given all of this that we've talked about, you know, in the first segment and, you know, what we've talked about the Penguins so far, how do the Flyers match up against the Penguins without Couturier and Giroux, especially dealing with that top line Jake Ensel, Sidney Crosby duo?
0: Great question, Rach. Um <laughs> I really don't know. Because you're talking about taking out two guys that are shut down guys. Mm -hmm. And so I I think the only thing they can do, and this would be my game plan, is to be extremely physical for the entire game and try and just knock them off the puck, try and get them off their game. I think that's what they're going to have to do. They tried to do that against Anaheim, but Anaheim just has too many guys with too much skill. Not that the Penguins don't, but they're a little less skilled than, than Anaheim. Especially so their might,
1: bottom six.
0: Yes. And you might be able to draw some of those guys into, you know, some shenanigans. Rodriguez certainly is one that, that is prone to that. Uh, so I would do that. I mean, that's to me, that's your best bet. But they, they are a hardworking team. And yeah, Kasperi Kapanen, the speed factor. Is going to be a problem the same way Troy mm-hmm. Terry now is so much faster than he was a year ago in my estimation uh same with Kapanen. like that speed even if he's not scoring he's creating havoc and and so that's a problem and look Brian Rust always does well against the Flyers It's just a fact
1: he does it's infuriating but you know you Talked about Kasperi Kapanen, that whole second line for the Penguins has been on fire with Evan Rodriguez, yeah. who we just talked about getting that hat trick and Danton Heinen. Yeah. They, all of them, if you look at, you know, the Penguins top scorers, it's exactly how you would expect it to play out where that top line or maybe the the first couple top scorers, but then that second line is solidly, you know, in in the top five. Of the Pens in scoring this year, and they just don't seem to stop.
0: And they'll, yeah, and and they'll probably line them up against Yandel's pairing.
1: That's probably what they'll do. Yeah, which, you know, makes you think, well, do you put somebody like, do you leave Conaughton there, or, you know, what can you even do at that point? There's gonna,
0: honestly, there's gonna be a weak pairing. There just is. So, all you can do is take him off the ice sooner. That's all you can do.
1: Yeah, I anticipate that Rasmus Ristolainen is going to get a metric ton of minutes in this game. 28.
0: I'll go 28 minutes.
1: 28 minutes, you think?
0: Yeah, I don't think he could play 30. I don't know if you want no. him to play 30. No, I was going
1: like, to guess 25. Okay. But uh, I, I would venture a guess that he will be the top minute getter yeah. in the game. Overall, um, you know, I think that Yeesh, maybe Braun will be second in minutes, Oof. which is yeah, it, a tough thing to say. But I, like, who else, right?
0: It could happen. Well, if they do call Clendenning, he could be good for like seventeen minutes, honestly. Yeah, you know, which is better than most when you bring him up. But that's only if they use him. So if not, you're right; it'll be Braun.
1: Yeah, and and I do think the fourth line for the Flyers is going to get more minutes than they usually would.
0: <laughs> I mean, they don't score.
1: <laughs> I no, mean, they but just don't. Just from a defensive, like physicality perspective. Yeah, from a
0: physicality, yeah, sure.
1: That's the okay. reason why they, they would do it.
0: Didn't we talk about how Penguins score a lot of goals? Mm. Uh, you know, is that line really going to suppress a lot of goals? I don't know.
1: No, I don't think so, but I think, you know, if they. Yeah, I think you're any- right. Don't
0: get me wrong. Yeah. You're right. I just don't like it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, from an energy line perspective I, and knowing what their strategy has been in the past, I absolutely see the fourth line getting maybe as as many minutes as the third line, depending on how they're doing out there.
0: Just put all the energy into getting the damn air horn out of Iceberg's hands. That's what they should do.
1: I oh, know it's at home. <laughs> it's Sorry, at home. it's a home game. It's I'll be there. Game.
0: Yeah, never mind. Gritty will be there. It's better.
1: That's right. right. My mind went there, though. (laughs) It's a... New year, and there are so many games other than this Flyers game that you can bet on, or maybe you want to bet on the pens because of the way the lineup is looking. (laughs) But the best place to do that is Bet Online. And Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue the march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. It's a new year with their new updated desktop and mobile website, so sign up today and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code On to get started from football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Russ, switching gears over to our prospect profile. I always love doing this. And this week we're going to talk about Bryce Brodzinski. And you may recall that Bryce was selected by the Flyers in 2019 in the seventh round, 196th overall. So definitely, you know, looking for a diamond in the rough at that level in the draft. Uh, He's a right-handed winger who's in his third year at the University of Minnesota. Um, He had 12 points his freshman year, 14 points his sophomore year, and as of now is unsigned by the Flyers.
0: He's got like 10 goals this year. Uh, I would severely uh, look at signing him in the offseason because he, he really impressed me in the uh, rookie game. He was tracking the play well, and what I mean by that is seeing where the puck is, getting open without the puck, doing things without the puck is hard thing to do in this league and he's and he's good at it he's also good at getting going net front so he will set that screen in front of the goalie and at some point if you sign him and you're not going to have jvr in the future you are going to have somebody you're going to need somebody else to go net front for you he'll be the guy he's got good hands he's willing to engage in the dirty areas he's good along the wall he's fast i think the speed has gotten better for him so I don't see why you wouldn't want to sign this guy. And this is the summer to do it. If you don't do it this summer, probably doesn't happen.
1: No, because then he would lose, or the Flyers would lose the rights to him after that, right?
0: Well, after the following year. So after his senior year, then it's up to him. The ball's in his court. Don't let it get to that point because I think he's a guy worth signing.
1: Yeah. You know, when he was drafted most of the notes about him were about his hockey IQ. Uh, You mentioned, you know, he was really good at putting himself in the right spot. Um, Some other notes said that he was like a shoot the puck kind of guy first and, and had a good finish. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you think that's continued in college for him?
0: Yeah, I don't, I just don't think he's, he's in that position as much. And especially at the next level, I don't think he's going to be in that position, but he does do some of that, for sure. I think it, it, it does exist. But I do think his his talent is going to come from being around the net, fighting in the dirty areas for the puck, winning some of those puck battles. I and mean, you have to have these guys. And so, you know, again, 196th overall. It. It's a pick worth keeping. Not because... You could say, hey, we turned a seventh rounder, almost the last pick in the draft into something. No, just simply because he's worked his way into being a really nice player. I mean, that's, you know, going back to his USHL days. So he's still only 21. So this is a guy who, if you sign him, you send him to the A. He plays mm-hmm. a couple of years in the A. And by like 23, 24.
1: You know what you got. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think a year with the Phantoms would do him a lot of good, especially, oh, yeah. you know, you talked about his speed, you know, again, when he was drafted, his skating was the big red flag for him. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like he's gotten better over the last couple of years. You
0: know who he's like? He's a lot like Farabee in his skating. Mm-hmm. Farabee's never going to be the fastest guy. But Farabee knows how to get to A and B because his brain is good. And so he he knows where he needs to go. So as far as game speed, his game speed is good. He's not a burner or anything.
1: Right. So, you know, given what we know now, where do you think his ceiling is?
0: I think still like a third line guy. I think still he's a a bottom six guy. And that's fine. Again, when you get a pick like that, you're probably not expecting much more than that. Could he ever play second line? You know, maybe as a fill in. But I do think he's a third line guy. But Mm -hmm. to be fair, I thought Troy Terry was a third line guy up until this year. (laughs) Like, it's just he surprised a lot of people. So you never know. Like, hard work, it's amazing what hard work can do for a player. And that's why it's so hard to project sometimes because guys make monumental jumps. We're looking at them when they're young. But the thing is, at Minnesota, he's been getting stronger every year. It's a tough conference. They play good, hard hockey there. And so that's another reason to bring him in because it's not like you have to, like, worry about him. Can he play in North America like Tua It's it's a lot easier path for this guy. He just has to keep getting better. And so far he has every year.
1: So you said that you think the Flyers should sign him. Do you think yes. they will?
0: I mean, that's a good question. At Chuck's there, they will. Because he's a Minnesota guy. Right. And they like their Minnesota guys. Uh, when Brent used to come on Hockey Prospect Radio when I was on and did that for 15 years, Brent would come on and every once in a while I'd say, hey, seems like you got a lot of... U S and Minnesota guys on, on, on the uh, wild. And he'd be like, yeah, you know, it's not by design. It kind of is by design, right? We see that now that he's with the flyers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he's also um, part of a hockey family with a couple of brothers who play hockey as well. So that's, that's and always that's good. fun. Yeah. It pushes them. It, on. I it firmly believe that when you have, you know brothers at an elite level people have brothers and sisters right who are at an elite level in this game they push each other they absolutely do
0: you know they'll all have these basement hockey games they'll all play in the driveway or the street even if it's just three or four of them and they'll and they'll get kind of crazy i've got stories of um guys from like last year's draft uh with their mother having to come out and break it up from the brothers because they just were getting feet too roughhousing. I, and, I, and that's how it is. And that is good. I, I, I think it's always good.
1: All right. Well, we'll see what happens with Bryce over the next couple of months and you know, going into the signing season. But we will keep an eye out on him. Wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing, today would have been Ed Snyder's 89th birthday and Snyder Hockey is commemorating that day by putting a sticker on their helmets for all their activities. And, you know, I I think it'll be a good day just to kind of reflect on his legacy and what he meant to the city and to the team and how much he's missed.
0: Yeah, he was an interesting guy to interview. Uh certainly always said what 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 was on his mind but the passion was there. Absolutely. Uh, for the most part he knew what he was talking about except when he signed bridge Gallup. That was ridiculous <laughs> and I I knew it was ridiculous. Uh but, you know, that was he was getting older at that point so I won't really hold it against him. But he did know how to dial into what the fans wanted in this area and in Philly meaning and and what they were looking for and expecting and For the most part, he delivered.
1: He did. You always knew with him that they were at least trying, you know? Yeah. And that's all you could ask for, I think. And, 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 you know, they would go for it. And he would
0: come into the locker room. I'd see him in the locker room talking to players, trying to stay out of the media's way, but trying to give a message to certain players. And they all love talking to him. All of them.
1: They do. That'll do it for today's show. Thank you once again for making us your first listen today. We will be back again tomorrow with a recap of tonight's game versus Pittsburgh. And of course, we'll have our gritty thing of the week. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in mailbag questions and your comments via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers, or you can email the show at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at R-Miriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M.
0: I'm Russ. I'm on Twitter at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y.
1: You made us your first listen today. Now make your second listen, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling.